0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, August 20th, 2012, and today we're reading from our big book in Bill's story, page 8 at the very bottom. My musing was interrupted by the telephone. Today's readers are Carol P., Fran, Monica, and Judy D., in that order, please. And the share code for yesterday's Step 1 panel, that's Sunday, August 19th, share code 2865, 2865. O.A. Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. through abstinence and the practice of the Twelve Steps and Twelve Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous.
1: I will now call on Louisa to read the Twelve Steps. Good morning. This is Louisa, a compulsive overeater from Staten Island, New York. <clears throat> One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature <clears throat> of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked Him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for the knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to a compulsive overeater and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you.
0: I will now call on Katie to read the Twelve Traditions.
1: Hi,
2: I'm
0: Katie, a compulsive overeater.
2: O-Readers Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, O-Readers Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. personality.
0: Thank you. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book. We're in Bill's story on page 8 at the very bottom. And we will begin with Carol P., please. Thank you.
3: Good morning. Carol P., recovered compulsive overeater. My musing was interrupted by the telephone. The cheery vo- voice of an old-school friend asked if he might come over. He was sober. It was years <clears throat> excuse me since I could remember his coming to New York in that condition. I was amazed. Rumor had it that he had been committed for alcoholic insanity. I wondered how he had escaped. Of course he would have dinner, and then I would drink openly with him. Unmindful of his welfare, I thought only of recapturing the spirit of other days. There was this time that had there was this time when we had chartered an airplane to complete a jag. His coming was an oasis in this dreary desert of futility. The very thing an oasis drinkers are like that. Well, um, you know, Bill had been sitting at the table drinking. He was uh, a bit intoxicated at the time, um, and he's going to see his old school friend. Who, you know, he's amazed to hear that his uh sober I think it's uh funny how he's thinking how did he escape? He couldn't have possibly got well to get out of there on his own um and that you know there's selfishness going on here that um he you know Evie's gonna have uh dinner, but you know then he's gonna drink open, openly with him and just unmindful of of uh his friend's welfare, he's more concerned about uh you know- recapturing the glory days uh you know, you want somebody to drink with. Misery loves company, just like us. We, you know, I know I wanted a binge buddy, and um, and even the part where it talks about, uh, you know, they uh, chartered an airplane to complete a jag. How many times did uh, I maybe go on vacation somewhere, and then I might drive an adi- additional fifty, a hundred miles to get to the restaurant I wanted to go to? But uh, anyway, Bill's about to get a nice surprise. So um, interesting. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank
0: you, Carol. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph?
3: It's Monica. Monica, go ahead. Good morning, Leah. Good morning,
4: everyone. My name is Monica. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Okay, he begins the paragraph by saying, my musing, my thinking. Okay, what had he he been thinking? In the paragraph before there, we see what he's thinking. Does he have enough gin hid around the house? You know, do I have enough gin here? Do I have enough gin there? Can I make it through the night and the next day? Hmm, should I put some by the bed? Because I know I'm going to need it before daylight. So his thinking, this is what kind of thinking he was doing here at this point, you know, was interrupted by the telephone. The cheery voice of an old school friend. And that old school friend is Ebby Thatcher. And he's asking if he can come over. He was sober. What? Abby? Sober? He and Abby went way way back. They were school friends way back in Vermont. And um, they had spent a lot of time together drinking. They were definitely drinking buddies. And he had not seen or heard Abby sober in many 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 years. I was amazed. Rumor had it he had been committed for alcoholic insanity. Yes, um, little uh, Abby got himself in a little trouble up in Vermont, and he was about to get committed, Uh, and the story will go on from there, we'll hear a little bit more about that. He says, I wondered how he escaped, you know, there's no escape from this disease back then, you know, it's either jail and the same asylum or death. How did this guy get sober, you know? And then he goes on, like I was saying, he's being selfish here. You know, oh, great. My old drinking buddy is coming. We'll have some dinner. I can whip out the booze. I don't have to feel guilty. We're just going to have a good time. And with that, I will pass.
0: Thank you, Monica. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph?
5: This is Judy B., recovered compulsive overeater.
0: Judy, go ahead.
5: Unmindful of his welfare. I thought only of recapturing the spirit of other days. I just think about the state that Bill was in at that moment. Total self-centeredness, you know, with no no thinking at all of what his friend had been through and um, perhaps where he was at the moment. And uh, Bill was only thinking about what he wanted, what would be good for him they could re you know, go back to those good old days. And it, it makes me uh think about my own past and um and hopefully that's the past because I, I just pray that um in, in my daily life I am mindful of, of other people's welfare and mindful of of what's happening now and um and and pray that I, I don't want to bring anybody else down or or um recapture those old days when when it seemed and i mean seemed like so much fun it wasn't and um i i just i love this paragraph because it it just shows the state of mind that we're in when we're in disease and um how unloving and how caring it is and um I'm just so grateful to be reminded of this and to know that there is a, a change which is possible and our thinking can be different. And thank you very much for letting me share. With that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Judy. My name is Leigh. I'm a compulsive overeater. I, too, wanted to comment for a moment on that Sentence, unmindful of his welfare, I thought only of recapturing the spirit of other days. You know, that sounds like an alcoholic. It sounds like the thinking of a compulsive overeater. You know, our mindset um, is me, myself, and I. You know, and when the big book talks about being restored to sanity, we're talking about uh, restoring a sound mind because we're foolish. Recapturing the spirit of other days. I mean, uh, Bill here is glorying the the gory you know we we glory the gory days he's he he uh he's not thinking about the threats of divorce he's not thinking about having to sleep at his in-laws home on their couch he's not thought, thinking about job loss he's not thinking about uh lost opportunities that came his way even though he's a brilliant uh highly determined motivated individual he's not thought, thinking about how because of uh alcoholism, all that slipped through his fingers like sand. He's not thinking about delirium tremens. He's not thinking about uh, the loss of his health. He's not thinking about his suicidal thoughts. You know, none of that. He has a selective memory. That's what we do. We have selective memories. Um, We want to recapture the spirit of other days. That's what he's talking about here. For that relief, You know, to recapture that, what he thought was wonderful. You know, and and he knows it doesn't work. He's had the experience of knowing it causes trouble. It causes his life to be a mess, which it was. Uh, But sooner or later, that's the song the alcoholic sings. You know, sooner or later, I'll be able to beat this game. Sooner or later, I'll figure this thing out. Sooner or later, I'll uh, be able to control this thing. And uh, we saw, we see through his story and through the vivid and detailed account of the progression of his alcoholism that um, it has only gotten worse, never better. And with that, I pass. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Hi, this good
6: morning,
2: Janet. Hi, this is Kim.
0: Let's go, Kim, and then we'll take the others
2: as well. Go ahead, Kim. Oh, we're hearing you now. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, um, my fellows. My name is Kim I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. And I love this part because, you know, Eddie was his old school friend. You know, Eddie was someone who could match him drink for drink and even more. So Bill often would say, you know, if I get as bad as Eddie, maybe I'll do something about this drinking. But right now, I'm not as bad as Eddie. You know, and how many times do we do that? You know, I'm thinking about the doctor's opinion when it says, the sensation is so elusive that while we admit it is injurious, they cannot, after a time, differentiate the truth from the false. To them, their alcoholic life seems the only normal one. So what did I do? I surrounded my people. I surrounded myself with people who ate like me, people who ate worse than me, people who were heavier than me. Because that way, I would say, well, I'm not as bad as this person. I'm not as bad as that person. Therefore, I'm still okay. But here, now, his friend Eddie is coming back, and he's going to be sober. And this is shocking to Bill because if Bill, if Evie could get better, what does that mean to him? What, it was so threatening when some of my friends would lose their weight or they would stop eating because that's how I justified my eating because my friends ate like me, and therefore I was okay. So this was a shocking thing that's happening to Bill. It's like, uh-oh, maybe I'll have to look at my drinking if Ebby got sober. And with that, I passed. Thank you, Kim. Who's
0: next?
2: Janice?
0: Janice, please go ahead.
2: Thank you, Leah. Thank you. You know, as I'm looking at this paragraph, you know, he was interrupted by the telephone because he was home alone. You know, remember, Bill is in a very isolated state now. No one wants him around anymore. He's lost all his friends. No one wants him hanging around their offices. He's lost jobs. He's in a very isolated an isolated frame of mind and so to hear from this old school friend you know is is something very different in his day and he'd been hearing some rumors about what had happened to this friend this particular friend he'd heard had been committed for alcoholic insanity he'd been committed so he wondered he wondered there's a thought in his mind he wondered how this friend had escaped how he'd escaped that fate. But he said, I could drink openly with him because Bill had been having to hide his drinking. Of course, he wasn't able to hide it anymore, but he'd been trying to hide his drinking because he wanted to stop and he knew he had to stop and he knew he could not stop. He had resigned himself to the fact he could not stop because that had been his experience. Every time he tried to stop, he would pick up again. Every time he'd come out of the hospital, fear had sobered him up for a little while, but he would drink again. His wife's pleadings, his family's pleadings, his friends, they had all said, Bill, you have to stop. And he knew somewhere deep inside him that that was a good idea, but he was unable And so all of a sudden, the past came flooding back to him. Here was a friend he could drink openly with. Here was a friend where he could capture those bygone days when they'd had quite a time together, quite an adventure he'd shared with this person in their drinking. But drinkers are like that. You know, this person coming was an oasis in the dreary desert of futility because it had been futile for him to keep on trying to stop. He could not stop, and he couldn't stop himself from starting again. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Janice. Anyone else on this paragraph?
6: Hi, this is Audrey. May I share?
0: Of course, Audrey. Go ahead.
6: Good morning, my fellows. This is Audrey, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater from Minneapolis. You know, it's so interesting when it comes to food how it's everywhere around us. And when in the addict mind, the one that Bill is describing of thinking that, well, maybe tomorrow or maybe later we can handle it, it's only in that surrender of, um, you know, the, the, the addict mind, the the control, all of those things that we deal with on a daily basis that now we're able to walk down the street in a community and watch people eat an ice cream cone without feeling lonely. <laughs> And or or feeling like we're lamenting the days gone by, you know, where we're like, oh, you know, if only I could eat the ice cream. Well, many of us, you know, ate ourselves into oblivion, either into almost a diabetic coma or into the toilet face down in the food. And it's so interesting that the same mind, you know, the allergy of the body and the disease of the mind. It's so true that what Bill experienced is he was not able to. Um, you know, control his drinking, nor was he able to, uh, like, like none of us are, we're not able to control that. But the only way to be able to live a life of sane and happy usefulness is to be surrendered, um, you know, to a power greater than ourselves. Because, you know, with alcohol, you know, you cannot go to a bar, but with food, it's everywhere. So much in our culture is all about, you know, the food and, you know, buffets and hot dish and ice cream. I mean, it's just everywhere. And what's so amazing to me is that there is, there is a light at the end of the tunnel in this moment uh, simply by doing what Bill did, and that is, you know, to surrender that, that thinking in this moment. It's the only way that any of us have a possibility of showing up in life and, uh, you know, not lamenting the days gone by. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Audrey. Anyone else before we move on? Okay, then I'll ask for Fran for the next paragraph. Thank you.
1: Good morning, Mrs. is Fran. And the door opened, and he stood there, fresh-skinned and glowing. There was something about his eyes. He was inexplicably different. What had happened? I pushed a drink across the table. He refused it. Disappointed but curious, I wondered what had got into the fellow. He wasn't himself. Come, what's all this about, I queried. He looked straight at me, simply but smilingly, he said, I've got religion, and I passed.
0: Thank you, Fran. Would anyone like to comment on what's been read?
2: This is Janice.
0: Janice, go ahead, please.
2: Thank you, Leah. My name is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. So there there stood his old school friend. The door opened, and he stood there fresh-skinned and glowing. There was something about his eyes. He was inexplicably different. So what did alcoholics look like? in their cups well their skin was sallow and yellowed from liver disease and dark circles under their eyes and and here his friend stood there fresh skinned and glowing obviously brought back to the health there was something about his eyes he was inexplicably different he wasn't who bill had remembered him to be bill could see right away that something had happened to this person that he knew. And the first thing he did, of course, was push that drink across the table. You know, that's unmindful of his friend's welfare. He was thinking, oh, here we go, here we go. And he pushes that drink across the table. But his friend refused it. And now he's got real curious. You know, what had gotten into this fellow? He wasn't himself. He wasn't himself. He was—he Something had happened to him. He had been transformed in some way, but Bill didn't know how yet. And so he did ask him, well, what's all this about? You don't want to drink with me? And he looked straight at me, Bill says. Simply, simply, but smilingly, he said, I've got religion. Now, at the time, the Oxford groups were a large movement, a growing movement of people who had found a way to deal with the ups and downs of life, had found a way to deal with things they ca- had not been able to deal with. And they called themselves the Oxford Group. And they believed, they believed that there was this God of their understanding that they could turn things over with. And that's what Evie was talking about. He had found the way of the Oxford Group, and it was working for him. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Janice. Anyone else like to comment on what's been read?
7: This is Paula. May I share?
0: Of course, Paula. Go ahead.
7: Thank you. Boy, what a paragraph. The door opened. Yeah, something opened, didn't it? And he stood there, fresh skin and glowing. There was something. Now, this is the part. He even narrows it down. There was something about his eyes. His eyes. He saw him. Now, he saw him with drunken eyes, but what did he see? He was inexplicably different, he says, clearly. And what is inexplicably? That cannot be explained or interpreted. Unaccountably mysterious. This was a mystery to Bill. He couldn't figure it out. Couldn't figure it out. What happened to him? But I love that. I got to say the next line, there you have the alcoholic in his uh with his selfishness, all this happening, but I pushed a drink across the table and imagine this he refused it. what the heck <laughs> and we look at that and we just see, and I'll tell ya with all that he saw, but I keep thinking about when when um the doctor's opinion and he talks about the person that came to uh, to see him. And he says, one year later he called to see me and I experienced a very strange sensation. Hmm, I wonder if this is what was happening to Bill. I knew the man by name and partly recognized his features, but there all resemblance ended. And that was it. This isn't the same man that I know. But maybe he does the same thing that I do. Thank you for allowing me to share with that. I do pass.
0: Thank you, Paula. Anyone else?
2: This is Sharon,
0: Sharon go ahead
2: i I'd like to talk about that, that light in their eyes that, that light in his eyes that he saw it was shining through and um uh, no, my cup of face down in the food and couldn't see any way out um my uh and, and at that time, uh, some other people that, were, that had come together and they were recovering in our program, you know, and my sponsor, uh, we weren't doing the uh He suggested that I get sponsors from, from that group of, of people not having any, wasn't able to help me and I was just uh, more and more in my me, and you just didn't know oh and just, the way she explained the ticket to go to the meeting was she said um, said Sharon they have a light in their eyes. People, she said, women those are women that we know because we've been in the rooms with them, struggling, trying to find recovery for years. And she said, they have a light in their eyes. They have a recovery, and hope that if you go and work with them, you'll get recovery too. It was the light in their eyes. And sometimes when we get recovered or when we don't realize the effect that we have, it shows up. It shows. It's dramatic. Uh, People can see it. Uh, We may not have lost weight. Many of them had not lost weight yet. They, They were losing weight. It wasn't the weight. It wasn't their figure, their body. It was their eyes. It was the light. It was that... They had found a solution, and it lit up their their. uh, They were recovering. They had a spiritual solution that they had grabbed hold of, and it was showing in their eyes. And that's what we get when we operate. We change physically. We change our appearance. Change. We look different. And um, and with that, I'll read. This is Sylvia.
0: Sylvia, go ahead. Thank you, Sharon. Sylvia, go ahead.
2: Uh, This is Sylvia, recovered compulsive eater in New York. And um, I just love how all these passages are coming alive. And I, too, want to comment on um, their eyes. But, um, you know, it's the stage before Bill or anyone, me, I had hope. It's the stage where, you know, you're still in self-centeredness, and you look at those eyes and you think, I can't do that. So it, it's such a feeling of self-centeredness and fear. And for me, you know, when I see someone in that, you know, in the recovery, and they had, and I wasn't, and they had the eyes, and they had the weight loss, and I look at them, and um why, why do we offer that drink? Why do we, you know, want them? No, it's okay. You can eat that with me. And pushing it's because... It's still self centeredness. I don't I can't do this. So I want you to be with be here with me. And it's that stage for me before hope. You know, before he's still hopeless. He's looking at it, it doesn't compute. And um and here, come be with me still. Because I can't get to where you are. And I remember dealing that sometimes. And with that I pass.
0: Thank you, Sylvia. My name is Leigh. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I wanted to focus on this statement. He was inexplicably different, inexplicably meaning beyond explanation or expressing understanding. Uh, that's the program of recovery. That's what happens through this process of these steps is that we change from what we had become to that which God intends us to be. And this is not about personal success. And it wasn't about uh, glorification of, of self. This was about God doing for Ebby what Ebi could not do for himself. It was beyond explanation. He wasn't himself, it says. He wasn't himself. Ex- again, referring to a transformation. That's exactly what this program of recovery offers us. A transformation, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism is what happened to Abby. Transformation, again, changing from what Abby was, and Bill remembered that very well, to what God intended him to be. And it was so much so, such a a, a startling difference, you know, that that Bill articulates it very well in this paragraph. Uh, Fran, well, Paula actually uh, spoke about what Dr. Silkworth said, that he too, you know, couldn't add had a strange sensation. He knew a man by name. He partly recognized his features. But from there, all resemblance ended. And that's exactly what we see here. There had been a transformation, and Bill certainly takes notice of that. Anyone else like to comment on these paragraphs before we move on?
8: hi this is maggie may i comment
0: of course maggie go ahead
8: Uh, good morning everyone i'm maggie a a grateful recovering compulsive overeater it's the first time i've shared on here and i just want to share my experience that um shortly before coming into oa and um i was still drinking and i went to visit a friend of mine and i had a, a i was armed with 12 pack at midnight it was actually a friend of my parents who was a drunk and i showed up there with my 12 pack i was about 17 years old and um sat down with her and she told me that she wasn't drinking anymore and she handed me a pamphlet of the the 12 step program and i remember leaving there just thinking um what on earth got into uh, her name was ruth and i read through the pamphlet and then i saw the word god and i was just started laughing because then it all made sense that's what happened she got into god and anyway um it was not a month later that i was introduced to oa and started my journey um, with oa and that was over 35 years ago so i just um listening to that story just felt compelled to to share that that um even though I knew she had been very sick and suffering and lost her family and a lot else from the alcohol, there I showed up with my alcohol and just kept trying to push it on her uh, because I knew if I pushed hard enough, she'd sit and get drunk with me, even though knowing what that had cost her. So the self-centeredness of um, being an addict, um, I'm just grateful for this program. Thank you. I pass.
0: Thank you. And now we'll move on with Monica, please.
4: Thank you, Leia. My name is Monica. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. He looked straight at me, simply, but smilingly he said, I've got religion. I was aghast. So that was it. (laughs) Last summer an alcoholic crackpot. Now, I suspected, a little cracked about religion. He had that starry-eyed look. Yes, the old boy was on fire all right. But bless his heart. Let him rant. Besides, my gin would last longer than his preaching. I love this paragraph. It's the picture of it. I was aghast. I was shocked. So that was it. Last summer, an alcoholic crackpot. What's a crackpot? A lunatic. A nut. And now I suspect a little cracked, a little crazy about religion. He had that starry-eyed look. Starry-eyed. Unrealistic. Overly enthusiastic, overly optimistic, or romantic view. He had that starry-eyed look. You know, Bill is just thinking, this guy's cuckoo. Yes, the old boy was on fire all right, but bless his little heart, let him rant, let him preach. You know, he thinks... Oh boy. This guy's really gone crazy now. But that's all right. I got enough gin around the house that uh he can he can carry on all he wants. I'll just, you know, continue my drinking and it'll be okay. And with that, I will pass.
0: Thank you, Monica. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph?
2: This is Janice.
0: Janice, Hi, this is- Janice and then Kim.
2: Thank you, Leia. Thank you. I was aghast. So that was it. So that was it, Bill says. Last summer, an alcoholic crackpot, and now a little cracked about religion. Can't you hear Bill's ego coming in here? Yeah, I've heard it all before, Bill's thinking to himself. I've heard it all before. You know, and besides, bless his heart, bless his heart. You know, he'll... Let him rant. Let him go on and on. My gin will last longer than his preaching. Because, you know, Bill had heard this all before. How many times had people pleaded and begged with him? And how many times had they offered whatever solution they thought? And Bill had heard. You know, he had heard people preach to him before. Preach to him. Preach at him. And so he thought to himself, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard it all before. Because he had had no solution, he had no way out. you know he was at that point, at that point, at the bottom, knowing nothing he had tried had worked for him, and so it's hard to open up and embrace something that he saw before him because he thought of it still as yeah yeah, yeah my my gin will last longer than his preaching." that there was going to be a new idea introduced to Bill here, a new idea, a new way of thinking, because we know for a fact that the alcoholic thinking, this is a disease of perception, a disease of perception, a disease filled with insanity, the insanity of Bill's thinking. And that's going to be challenged. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you. Was that Kim? Yes,
2: Leah. Hi, everyone. It's Kim again. You know, I, I love the way that this progresses. You know, we just finished the doctor's opinion, which is telling us about our disease. And now Bill's story is a living example of, of that disease. You know, let them rant. You know, what is that? That's What is Bill expecting? He's expecting that frothy emotional appeal. You know, how many times have we been in the doctor's office when they're telling us, your blood pressure is high. Your, your, your knees are giving out. Your diabetes is out of control. And we're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let them let rant, and then we're going to go in our car, we're going to hit the fast food places. How many times has our boss told us, you know, you're not getting to work on time. You're falling asleep. You're not being able to concentrate. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we wait till, so we can go home and we can have our binge foods family members, husbands, kids, telling us the same thing. And all we think is, oh, here they go again. And all we worry about is, is, you know, we're hiding our binge food so that we can go eat again. So he's saying, let them rant. Let them tell me the same thing that everyone else is telling me. Besides, my gin would last longer than its preaching. You know, but what is that part in the the, uh, doctor's opinion again? It says, the message which can interest and hold these alcoholic people must have depth and weight. So that's what we're going to see here. This is not someone who's going to be preaching at Bill about the, 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 uh, the problem who has never experienced it. Bill is looking at Ebby and Bill knows that Abby knows how he drinks. So when Bill talks, he's coming from a place of experience. He's coming from a place of depth and weight. So although he thinks the gin is going to last longer than his preaching, Bill's ear is pricked up in a different way, the same way when I came into an L.A. meeting I might have heard the same things I heard from doctors and from family members, but this is different. These people have been where I've been. They've done what I've done, and I suddenly was able to listen to them in a way I wasn't able to listen to other people. And with that, I passed.
0: Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Okay, then. I'll ask Judy B. to read the next paragraph, then.
5: This is Judy, the recovered compulsive overeater. But he did no ranting. In a matter-of-fact way, he told how two men had appeared in court, persuading the judge to suspend his commitment. They had told of a simple religious idea and a practical program of action. That was two months ago, and the result was self-evident. It worked. (laughs) So we have here uh, Bill seeing that um, his friend has heard of a simple religious idea. Simple, easy to understand, not complicated, in a practical program of action. It wasn't just something he needed to think about. There was action to be taken. So I'm sure Bill's curiosity was was um, peaking. He sees that in two months his friend has changed, and so um, Bill may be getting ready to hear to hear a little bit about this. At first, he thought that his friend would would rant, would would be preachy, would would go on and on and on about this but he didn't he just appeared in that matter-of-fact way and said that uh these men had had uh told the court that there was there was an answer and and the judge was able to suspend his commitment and so this is just the beginning of of what is to come and uh with that I'll pass thank you
0: thank you Judy would anyone like to comment on this paragraph?
9: Hi, this is Penny C.
0: Penny, go ahead, please.
9: Morning, everybody. Penny C. here, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, this paragraph reminds me of my own experience when my very, very first meeting, after years of compulsive overeating and trying various methods of of um, losing weight, that the idea that was handed to me at my very first meeting is that I could ask my higher power to help me with my food and with my, my disease. And I had never, never been told that before. I, I was one who didn't think that God, with all the things that God had to watch out for in the millions and millions of people uh, on earth and, and who were gone before me, I didn't think that you know my my uh weight and my my problem with food was something that God was interested in so that was that was the simple religious idea that I took away from my first meeting and the other thing was that the as we're reading I'm reminded that my own sister after I had been in 12 step programs for just about 2 months and I had lost a bit of weight, but that wasn't what she noticed. I hadn't seen her. She lived in a, another part of the state, and I hadn't seen her for at least two months. And we met at Christmas time, and her remark to me in private was, What's happened to you? You're so different. And I said, well, I've, you know, lost a bit of weight. She said, that's not what I'm talking about. I don't know what it is, but you're very different. So this is my own experience that we've been talking about, and uh, I'm just delighted to, to hear it uh, talked about. With that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Penny. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph?
7: Yeah, this, this is, is Paul. I'm a compulsive reader.
0: Uh, I heard Paula, and then we'll go to the other voice. Paula, please first.
7: Thank you. This would be Paula, Recovered Compulsive, reader. You know, he was expecting something. He was expecting him to rant. That's what he was expecting. That's what he figured he was going to get. And to rant is, you know, w- we know what that is because Bill did it often. Boisterous, empty, to speak an extravagant language. Well, now, does not that sound how Bill talks? And that's what he was expected. But he thought his, his, his gin would last longer because in his life, ah, there it was. That was his experience. But then in the, this line here, but he did no ranting. Now, he's really throwing Bill here. This is not what Bill expected. And then he, I love the way he puts this. In a matter-of-fact way, just a matter-of-fact, no loud talk, no, no pointing the finger at, None of that, just a matter of way. Let me tell you what happened to me. And that's what he did. And I love this, it completes it. They had told of a simple, what ebby received is what he gave, of a simple religious idea and a practical program of action. This is what the hell the wait. That was two months ago. This is what really threw Bill. Wait a minute. Hey, I could handle a day. I could handle a week. I mean,
2: after a couple of weeks, two months, that was unheard of in Bill.
7: And that last two words, it worked. Nothing worked before. Thank you for allowing me to share. With that, I do pass.
0: Thank you, Paula. Who else wanted to comment on this paragraph?
2: Um, this is Ruth, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater.
0: Ruth, good morning to you. Go ahead.
2: Okay. On this paragraph, they had told of a simple religious idea, step two, and a practical program of action, steps three through 12. So if we look at the history, Bill, in uh, 1933, attended Towns Hospital for the first time and learned from Dr. Silkworth what was the problem, step one. But he didn't know what the solution was, step two and he didn't know how to get the solution, steps 3 through 12. At that same time, in 1933, Dr. Bob begins to attend the Oxford Group. And with that, he learns how to get the solution, steps 3 through 12. But he doesn't know what is the problem, step 1, and doesn't know what is the solution, step 2. If we go to page 26 of the big book, we have a story there about Roland Hazard, the American businessman that meets with Carl Young. And that occurred in 1930. He met with him for a year. He thought he had all that he needed, he went home, of course immediately started drinking, returns back to Europe, and meets with Carl Jung again, learns what is the solution from Carl Jung. Carl Jung tells him what is the solution. Roland then leaves there, returns to the U.S., and he joins the Oxford group. So what Roland has, he has what is the solution, step two, and he has how do you get it, steps three through 12 for the Oxford group. enters the picture Ebby. Ebby and Bill attended a boarding school together in Manchester, Vermont, and so they boarded together five days a week. They were good old school buddies from teen years. Ebby has now gone to a dilapidated, closed-up family summer cabin in Manchester, Vermont. It's July of 34. And he, he's just, nobody wants him anymore. And he's a, this place is really in bad shape. He's drinking a lot. He's not getting much done. But anyway, there he is. Roland Hazard ends up, happens to be staying at his summer home near Manchester, Vermont. Ebby, uh, he, Roland hears about Ebby and sends his two guests over to talk with Ebby. And these two guests visit with Ebby and tell them about the Oxford group, but Ebby's drinking. They go back to Roland. Ebby, in his drunken state, he paints the roof, but a couple of pigeons land on it. So he takes a shotgun out and decides to shoot up with holes the whole roof. The neighbors are beside themselves because he's already taken the car and driven it inside the kitchen of one of these cabins out there. They call the police. He is arrested. The judge has seen him before, has told him in the last hearing, You're done. Your history gone. You will never, I'm, I'm sending you away. So here he appears in front of the judge. The judge is ready to send them away. But do you know that the two people that it says in the sentence, he tells in a matter of fact the way two men had appeared in court, persuading the judge to suspend his commitment? That sentence means those two men that attended that came to the judge that day. One was Roland Hazard, the other was the son of the judge. So you got the judge's son, which happened to be one of those two guests that Roland had Ebby talk to. So here's the son who had already seen Ebby, now with Roland Hazard talks to the judge. Roland tells him and convinces the judge that he has been recovered, in effect, through what he learned from Carl Jung and from the Oxford group. And the judge is moved. Of course, his son is standing there, urging him to do it. And he, he in spite of what he knew he was going to do, he actually gives Ebby to Roland. It wasn't supposed to occur that way, but we know it was supposed to occur that way. So Ro- Roland takes Ebby, and and so then Ebby stays with Roland for a short while in Manchester, and then of course he sends them on to New York, where he gets heavily involved in the Oxford Group. Was that all coincidence? <laughs> I think not all of that came to pass perfectly so that Carl Young gives the information to Roland Hazard, who gives it to Ebby, who then finds the Oxford Groups, then gives it to Bill. So when Ebby shows up at Bill's door in late November 34, Ebby now has told him what is the solution, step two, and he's told him how to get the solution, steps three through 12. And Bill has what is the problem from Dr. Silkworth. Thus, the first time in history, uh, one person has obtained all three pieces. He now has from Dr. Silworth what he knows is his problem. He knows what the solution is from Eby and he knows how to get the solution from Eby. He now, now knows. And yes, that was it. Though he, he then had to go into Towns Hospital for the third time on December 11th of 34 and of course we knew what happened at that time. It's in the story where he then had that moment in time where he never drank again. So these two men are Roland Hazard and the judge's son. And that's why it all kind of fit together. So with that History, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Ruth. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph?
2: This is Janice.
0: Janice, and go Monica. ahead. And Monica. Janice, please.
2: Thank you, Leah. So, the two things that strike me here, and yes, and the unfolding of the history here of our our program of recovery as we know it today is that Abby did no ranting he just laid it all out he laid it all out how it had worked for him he wasn't sitting there with Bill going you 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 have to do this you have to do that why don't you just push yourself away from the table and put that drink down why don't you try going to church more why don't you try this why don't you try that it was Abby sitting there in front of him fresh-skinned and glowing inexplicably different, saying, I, this has been my experience. This is what I have done. And it had worked for him for a whole two months. Bill couldn't make it from morning to afternoon. He couldn't make it through the night. He couldn't make it one day without drinking. So this was a big deal to see his friend like this. The result was self-evident. For Ebbie this was working. This was working. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Janice. Monica?
4: Hi, this is Monica. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. But he did no ranting in a matter-of-fact way. And this is so important to us that we, you know, how many times... Have we, uh, somebody has approached us, you know, and like was just very well said by Janice, you know, staking a finger at you and telling you you need to do this, you need to do that. So here I just want to point out, but he did no ranting in a matter-of-fact way. You know, this is a little information for people as we carry this message on to other suffering compulsive old of how to do this. You know, a little 12-step information education here. You know, in a matter-of-fact way, to tell our story so others can identify with us. Because, you know, we're proud, prideful people, and we think we know it all, and we certainly don't want to be told by anybody how to do something. So this is in a matter-of-fact way. You know, we tell our stories. Hopefully they identify. And they had told of a simple religious idea and a practical program of action. So, like Ruth said, you know, the simple religious idea, this is step two we're talking about here. You know, we're needing a power greater than ourselves. And like she said, the practical program of action is steps three to twelve. Those action steps, those steps that are going to get you recovery, are going to get you that relationship with God. And he can do what you could never do by yourself. It works. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Monica.
2: This is Sharon.
0: Sharon, go ahead. Uh,
2: That was two months ago, and the result was self-evident. Self-evident in two months. Uh, I hear people in the program, months they've been around, and they still don't want to go share their recovery with someone else. I'm not ready yet. I'm uh, two months, two months, two months. It only took two months, and this is what he had in two months. And the reality is, is for us in these rooms, it doesn't take forever before we can go out and share our recovery with someone else. It shows up very quickly on our face. It shows up in our eyes. We don't wait till we get to go, weight to start uh, letting people being available to share what we've received. It's by sharing what we have received that we recover, that we uh, maintain our recovery. That's part of the reason you're know, working the steps. So even as we continue to work the steps, we can share. We can be available to tell, look what's happened to me. You know, after you have 24 hours of recovery, you have more than the one who can't get put two hours together. So I just want to encourage people about what hap. This can happen quickly. It may not. We may not get our complete weight loss in uh, quickly, but certainly the recovery, the recovery, happens quickly when we surrender, and when we have reached our bottom, and when we give up trying to do it our way, and when we accept another way of doing it, the recovery happens and it begins right away and with that I pass
0: thank you cool. thank you to everyone who has shared this morning we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164 Carol P please go ahead and read that thank you
3: our book is meant to be suggestive only we realize we know only a little